Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This Sunday, we commemorate the veneration of the chains of St. Peter. The chains that he was held between two guards in the book of Acts when Herod Agrippa decided that he didn't like the apostolic message and what was going on, and so he applied some pressure and put Peter in jail. He is freed by an angel, and he doesn't really fully comprehend what's happened to him until he's basically wandering the streets afterwards because he's a little kind of shell-shocked by what has happened. This happens to the patriarchs of old. This happens to others, but now it has happened to Peter. And it is so out of this world in certain ways that when he goes to the household that he knows that he needs to seek refuge in, the girl who answers the door is aghast and goes and tells everybody else, they're like, oh no, you're crazy. You're beside yourself. You're ecstatic, right? You're coming out of you. You're, you're, you've lost it. And maybe it's his angel, they say. And they go to the front door and he's still standing. You can imagine, like, the door shuts as she runs and he's just left standing in the street like, I really need to get indoors. I'm, there's kind of a jailbreak going on here. Let me inside. But we commemorate this particular saint, not the Apostle Peter, but yes, the Apostle Peter, but the specific veneration of the chains that were broken, that were unleashed from the Holy Apostle Peter's arms from his legs. And if you know church history well enough, you have the chains and shrines in Constantinople, but you also have the chains and shrines somewhere else. <clears throat> Does anyone else know where there's another part of the chains? It's a very famous place. Rome. There is. If you were to Google image search the chains of St. Peter, you will see the ones that are in Rome. Now, of course, there's, two, there's a few different stories as to who's got what and how each got from who, of course. But we have West and East, Rome and Constantinople, uh, this very sacred veneration of these chains. Why do we venerate things like chains? Of all the things, it gets us the, this is the theme of the day. It's the link. It's the link. Uh, yeah. It links it together. If you read the Gospels, first, if you are familiar with the Old Testament, God is always acting in the world through things. He is present in the tabernacle. He's present in the temple. He commands the Israelites to build particular things and items. He then also, you know, uh, does things with rods and staffs. And he does and works miracles through all sorts of means that he has uh, willed to do so. And when we get to the Gospels, this does not change. If you're familiar with the Gospel encounter where the Scriptures tell us that power went forth from, that Jesus felt the power going forth from him as the woman touched just the hem of his garment. We go back to the book of Acts, and you have napkins 
you have the shadow of the apostles even, there is a tangible presence of God. And you have in Scripture those who pursue God, who desire His presence, His healing presence through particular things. Yes, it is at His word, but it is also through things that have been blessed by, been close to what is holy. We in the church continue that very practice from apostolic times up until now with our own relics that we have. Uh, and if you look through just the Synaxarium or the days of the church, the commemorations uh, of what is put forth, uh, the one that may stick its, uh, ma makes itself very clear because we apparently lost it about three times. You have the head of John the Baptist, that we have multiple feast days for the head of John the Baptist. We have feast days for the belt or the sash of the Theotokos. We have feast days for her protecting veil. We have feast days for, uh, and if you'll look at different relics, like the, the arm of St. John Chrysostom uh, is enshrined, I believe, on Anathos. It is. Uh, you have all of these various, uh, I remember seeing recently this past Sunday where we had St. Seraphim of Sarab as one of the commemorations at St. Tikhon's Monastery. Um, I was able to look, go, look, visit in on different liturgies on last Sunday uh, to see that they had one of his epitrochelions from St. Seraphim out with an icon of St. Seraphim. That the faithful approach these particular things, like the chains of St. Peter, uh, to venerate them, as the hymnody tells us, and to ask for the intercessions of the one that this item is close to, to ask for the intercessions, of course, before Almighty God, who, in His grace, works miracles through chains, through pieces of cloth, through icons even. And you may have noticed, I'm not tying this all together, uh, that we have a new icon here in the center of the church. This was uh, the icon of St. Anne that was to, it's a few months late because the varnish was not available because of, well, you don't really get the kind of varnish you need for icons uh, in Alabama or something like that. You have to get it from over the water, so it took a while uh, to, on order to get the varnish. But we have uh, an icon uh, painted by Seraphim O'Keefe here present with us of our patron, our patroness, Anne. And it is through these particular devotion, or perhaps then to the carved icon uh, in the back, that we encounter these saints, these holy ones, and that we treasure the memories of those encounters. There's something about particular icons, and I think you all probably have, can call one to mind, that you, there's something about the way that it strikes you of the presence that is there, that you have a particular devotion to the Theotokos through maybe the joy of all of his sorrow, or she was quick to hear, uh, etc. So let us call upon all of God's holy ones, his friends, especially St. Peter, whom we remember 
his chains that our Lord freed him from captivity in order to continue his apostolic ministry. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.